0: Welcome to the Leader's Edge podcast. I'm Sandy Laycox, Editor-in-Chief of Leader's Edge. In this episode, I talk with Brian Flanagan, Executive Vice President and Real Estate Practice Leader at Heffernan Insurance Brokers. Rising property rates due to storms, crime, and inflation, office clients coping with post-pandemic workforce changes, and the overall economic environment are all factors affecting real estate owners. And we discuss it all. Give it a listen. Ryan, it is great to have you here with me. I'm uh, very excited to talk uh, all things real estate today.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Um, we'll dive right in. You are the real estate practice leader at Heffernan. And yes. uh, one of the big things that we've all been talking about in insurance is commercial property rates. Uh, so I'd love to hear how you're addressing the, the continuously rising uh, rates with your clients and then following that for those who are in continuously natcat exposed areas um you know if you have clients like that or working with anyone like that how do you ensure coverage for those folks
1: yeah uh, good question cuz it's crazy the the as you mentioned the rates are going up wildfire name storms crime rates um kind of a new thing within the last 2 years have kind of influenced those rates to a to a negative um what have we been doing? I, I would say I brought a lot of self insurance options to clients, and that can either be in the form of, um, you know, a captive. It can be in form of aerating a layer where, where the self where the insured um, actually takes a million, you know, layer risk of, of a larger tower, um, or it can be as simple as them uh, asking for a waiver from the lender to increase their deductible. A lot of lenders aren't, you know, really thrilled about anything higher than a twenty five k deductible. Um, and so we'll we'll ask the lenders, hey, you know, interest rates are so cost, you know, prohibitive right now, along with in, insurance rates. Um, you know, what would you rather do? Have the insurance have the insured kind of give the property back to uh the lender where it doesn't really make sense for them to keep it? Or can we work with you and, and find a way to you know make the insur- overall insurance costs less? So it's really good, there's no secret sauce out there. There's no care that's really um, providing, you know, rates so drastically below the market. It's really the insured's temperature, risk risk temperature, risk profile um, for them just to kind of take on more um, risk, so to speak.
0: That makes sense. Are you finding that it's doable for, you know, smaller clients or is it really only something that larger, midsize to larger, you know, real estate owners are able to do?
1: Yeah, I would say the self insurance idea is pretty much. It, it's been more of a larger client uh, where they have more of a um, a bank, so to speak, to um, be able to p- potentially pay a larger claim. With the smaller clients, though, I see I've seen a lot of smaller clients bring their properties over to larger insurers and larger insurance. So, like for example, if you own two or three, you know, apartment buildings. And you have a property management company, a lot of them will say, hey, Mr. Property Manager, um, please, you know, ensure my asset as a part of your portfolio. Graystock, for example, First Communities, There's these larger property managers out there are using their economies of scale for the small individual um, owners. That being said, I've actually seen within the last six months that you know, there's some, some, there's some smaller market carriers that are being really, really aggressive. And if I ever, and so I used to go to these insurers and say, Hey, create a master portfolio like that gray star or whatnot. But there have been a few smaller carriers entering these local Midwest, you know, South, you know, markets that have been crazy aggressive for considering what the market is.
0: Hmm, That's interesting. Yeah. Um, What about any risk mitigation when it comes to any of these catastrophes or crime or other things? Are you finding clients have any successful strategies or you can bring them any and then is that translating at all into any sort of rate, you know, help?
1: Um, I would say there are risk management, risk mitigation strategies out there. I mean, for example, we work with a company called Ember Wildfire Defense. Um, It's like a private um, fire department out here on the West Coast. It's very popular up in the Napa Valley, obviously. So we recommend them to a lot of our clients when we're going out to market with insurance carriers. We tell them, yes, hey, by the way, they have a contract with Ember Wildfire um, I haven't really seen it help the rates so much on in that peril just because wildfire is so catastrophic. And I think these treaties agreement treaty agreements out there just, you know, forbid insurance carriers from from writing those properties. But in terms of like name storm and heavy rain and wind and all that, fortunately, we have a radar system or we have the, you know, the national weather system that kind of gives us a heads up on when these storms are happening. So I like to shoot emails out to all my clients and say, make sure you clean your sewers and gutters. Get on top of the roof and and uh make sure you don't have any standing water standing water has been known to create some some roof defects so there's a lot of things you can recommend your clients to do unfortunately though because we've had so much catastrophic um insurance losses over the last i don't know how 24 months or so i'm not seeing a lot of rate decrease from these carriers even if i say hey this client is you know you know crosses their t's and dots their eyes and and gets ahead of the game at risk mitigation i think Insurance carriers, unfortunately, are just kind of the take it or leave it type of attitude when it comes to when it comes to rate these days.
0: Do you feel like there is going to continue to be enough capacity out there in that in the property market?
1: It's a good question. I mean, I have clients in the affordable housing sector where, I mean, it's just going through the roof. I have clients in Florida where they're just like, how is this even possible? How is this like literally you can't operate your business? And so it's like, is the government going to step in and kind of back the insurance rates? Or I don't know. I mean, you, I, I think I was speaking to a lot of wholesalers who you know, spoke with carriers at that point. They thought there was a light at the end of the tunnel before Hurricane Ian last year, which is almost a year to the day. So I think with Hurricane Ian, it kind of pushed us back about 18 months. I'm saying I tell all my clients that next year have renewals that They're going to have increases. I want to I want I don't want them to think, hey, we might be past it. And then when I bring coverage or Mm -hmm. rates, it's it's high. I haven't seen anything that's been optimistic, unfortunately. I wish I could say that, hey, I think we're almost past it. But I think we have at least another 12 months. And that's just because everything I see is these Maui fires, for example. I mean, just there's just catastrophe after catastrophe. And it's just it's not getting better. Crime's not getting better. You know they're underwriting zip codes where if you fall in a zip code, nope, we won't write your coverage. So it's it's crazy.
0: Wow, I I didn't realize that the crime had increased so much that it's 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 changing a little bit of the underwriting there,
1: both on the property and on the liability side, and just with affordable housing, you know that that brings in a whole other. Um, caveat but yeah crime is is now I, I mean I, I've been doing this a long time but I, I think I've just been hearing from underwriters over the last two years that oh we were declining due to crime score they, that didn't happen four or five six years ago just within the last two years no nope. and, and they'll go on Google Earth and they'll look at photos and they'll see properties that have um, graffiti on them and I'll of course make the argument oh that was two years ago whatever but I mean they're looking at those little things to say oh this isn't a bad crime area
0: Oh yeah. 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 Okay. Um, all right. Let's talk about office a little bit. Um, you know, obviously during the pandemic and after there was a lot of talk about what's going to happen to the office, um, market. I'd love to hear from you. Um, are you seeing office owners adapting to new workforce trends, any repurposing of office among your clients?
1: So the office real estate uh, market is obviously very depressed. Um, I have a lot of clients with office buildings that, if they ha- they have their existing clients, their existing clients aren't necessarily necessarily leaving. However, if they build an office building or they buy one that's already vacant, they're having trouble finding finding tenants to go in there. You know, my dad owns an office building; it's vacant. And we can't find a tenant. So the, that office the office um, Niche is very very depressed. Um, I don't see that really coming back until you know companies really kind of motivate their clients to come in. You know, it's the it's the remote work and hybrid work and you know you go online, you go on any job um, listing service, LinkedIn and need or whatever, and every type of listing has remote, hybrid, whatever. That didn't happen before COVID. You know, everything was assumed that you're for the most part, you you know you're you're in the office, and so. You know, I'm not cognizant to the fact that we can be possibly be more efficient with hybrid and remote, but I think that that new detail is 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 putting a damper on office clients for sure. And so to answer your second question. Yes, I I do think I I have a few clients that are turning, you know, office related properties, either tearing them down and building multifamily or repurposing them into urgent care type situations, um, turning them into retail. Um, It doesn't happen all the time, but. Yeah. I mean, I I have definitely seen a few of my clients go out and buy old, vacant um, office buildings with the intent of not leasing them for office space, but repurposing them for, you know, building a multifamily.
0: Mm-hmm. Interesting. It's interesting that you mentioned that they're repurposing them into retail because I yeah. would, that would be a also a risky choice potentially. Yeah, definitely <laughs> potentially a risky find choice. The yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, retail is definitely, um, you know, not doing much better than office, but You know, if it's if you're on the corner of A and A Street, you know, where you have really good retail and there just used to be an existing office building, I mean, you might be able to get a, you know, one of these credit tenants in the bottom floor and maybe you put, you know, a habitational on the top. Obviously, you got to go through zoning and city and all that type of stuff. But assuming that you get past that, I've definitely seen a few clients do that.
0: Yeah, I think I read a stat that said, you know, uh, 10 to 20% of office will need to be repurposed.
1: Yeah. You know,
0: moving forward. It was it was a price a PWC stat. So it, you know, it was just an interesting tidbit that may
1: come around some more. Absolutely. Yeah. The office, I mean, I've had clients with office buildings that have been sitting vacant and they're brand new in great areas. They just they're sitting vacant. And I don't know if the client is necessarily being picky on who they lease it to, but yeah. And, you know, it's it's, you know, my office, you know, I don't have everybody coming in every single day. We have kind of a three week uh, come to the office type of a deal. We didn't have that before. And everybody wanted to come in and do lunch and do all that. So it's just yeah. kind of the world has kind of changed.
0: Overall economic environment. You know, you touched on interest rates earlier. Obviously, that's challenging for real estate investors are you seeing any sort of macroeconomic effects filtering down into your clients and sort of the, the work that you're doing?
1: Well, with, with the, with the increased interest rates and high insurance rates. So I had a client last year before we really kind of got up that would buy and sell uh, apartment buildings, 24 apartment buildings throughout the year, buy, sell, buy, sell. And this year that same client hasn't bought a single one. Yeah. Um, and just with interest rates and insurance rates going up, all these, you know, the the NOI, the the return for all these investors is certainly being depressed as well. And so um these individual insureds have to figure out what costs. They can, you know, reduce because you can't really mess around with interest rates. And you can't really, for the most part, mess around with insurance rates. You can kind of make it as efficient as possible, but they got to look out and, you know, do they want to hire a certain landscaper, a property manager? They got to look at costs all across the board. They got to look at payroll within the company. And so these real estate clients, because of the horrible economic environment and insurance, whatever, it's it's really changing the way they look at things. I mean, I know I, I um, have a few clients that. Told me that they were looking at selling their assets at a certain cap rate this year but they just can't do it and so now they're telling their investors hey investors you know we wanted to get you out after the five-year cycle now we're gonna probably hold it for another seven years and you know the investors can't really argue with that they know kind of what's going on so i don't know it's i i, I don't foresee it getting better actually i just spoke with uh, somebody in the financial sector right before we hopped on here and he thinks that interest rates are not going to increase tomorrow. Might increase in November, but then after that, hopefully, see a, a a depression because rents are now, which is a part of inflation, rents are actually going down. And the whole inflation percentage, thirty three percent of that is, is is real estate. And so, if real estate is starting to go down, both in terms of selling an asset and uh, just rent, we should see inflation's kind of hopefully come down.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, that'll be that'll be definitely something to look look for. Um, and just for sure. kind of watching these real estate developers and investors maybe just kind of wading through this cycle.
1: Yeah. It? I think there's a lot of money on the sidelines for yep. the most part. You know, it's hard to get loans these days. I mean, how do you, how do you make a ground-up development, even pencil, if you're going to get a construction loan? It's, 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 it's a weird time right now. I mean, if the government's goal was to kind of halt and freeze everything. They're doing a very good job. And it has nothing to do with what I'm seeing. It's just what I see my clients. It, you know, it's, it's what my my clients literally are literally just kind of, all right, we're in a holding pattern, both yeah. in terms of hiring and buying at new assets. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, anything else real estate trend wise that we should know about before we sign off?
1: Um, no, but I, I what I tell my clients, you know, maybe the glass half full type of in, in personality in me is I tell my clients, I'm like, look, if you can somehow in a crazy world make a special asset pencil today with high interest rates and high insurance rates, I'm pretty confident that in two to three years, when hopefully the world creates that those deals are going to be home run deals. And so mm-hmm. You know, be picky, but if they can kind of get close to penciling, I think those are the deals you got to take advantage of. I mean, they always say that in the in the hard economy or hard market, this is where you can kind of, you know, find value. Well, I, you know, you, if you're getting creative and you're putting more equity into the deal and you can somehow make it pencil, refinance, and it's a couple of years later, then you have a great deal.
0: Yeah, that's true. It's definitely, it's definitely a time to to show the value and make investment where you can.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Well, it was great chatting with you, Ryan. Thanks for keeping us up to date. And I really enjoyed the conversation. No, thanks for having me. That was Ryan Flanagan, Executive Vice President and Real Estate Practice Leader at Heffernan Insurance Brokers. I hope you enjoyed our conversation. For more Leaders Edge podcasts, go to leadersedge.com.